morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm Jessica Miller. Utah lawmakers narrowly passed a school vouchers bill through a House committee hearing on Wednesday. The 6-5 to five vote means the full House will now decide whether students should be allowed to take public school funding with them if they transfer to a private school. Opponents of the bill say the vouchers program would hamstring Utah's public school system, which is already one of the least funded in the country, while conservative parent groups say the bill would expand school choice. This year, Utah lawmakers and Governor Spencer Cox have already approved a nearly $200 million tax relief package that is funded by the state's education fund. BYU professor and high-ranking LDS church leader Brad Wilcox recently gave a speech that referenced black church members being refused the priesthood for more than 125 years. The speech seemed to dismiss concerns that that policy was based in racism. How come the blacks didn't get the priesthood until 1978? What's up with that, Brother Wilcox? What, Brigham Young was a jerk? Members of the church were prejudiced? Maybe we're asking the wrong question. Maybe instead of saying, why did the Blacks have to wait until 1978, maybe what we should be asking is, why did the Whites and other races have to wait until 1829? 1,829 years they waited. That was BYU professor Brad Wilcox. His statement obviously created quite a bit of stir when it went online. Here to talk to us about it is Tamara Kemsley. Tamara, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, you bet. What were the responses after this speech came out? The responses were obviously very uh, concerned. There was a lot of concern expressed. There also wasn't a lot of people who were uh, particularly surprised. I think that one of the themes that we saw as people were sharing this video, commenting, was that there were a number of people who had mentioned that they had heard similar things, either from Wilcox himself or from other leaders in the church, including their local leadership. This idea that not necessarily verbatim the illustration that he is using, but this idea of trying to make reasons uh, for why it was that for so many years, Black male members of the church were restricted from accessing or being ordained to the priesthood, and that all Black members were restricted from temple rituals. This clip made the rounds on the internet. Was there anything else in the speech that caught people's attention? Two other main comments stood out, and the first one was that he spoke about an anecdote in which he met a woman and he gets, he's a very rambunctious speaker. I think that's one of the reasons he's so popular on the circuit for speaking to youth. And so he gets very animated as he, uh, as he pretends to be this woman. And in his telling, a woman came up to him and started yelling at him and told him, this was at a professional conference that he was attending and she was another attendee, that women should get the priesthood. And he says, do you know what the priesthood is? And she says, no, but women should have it. And he goes, what's malaria? I don't know, but the women should have it. And just this very animated and um, playing into what many identified or called out as an angry feminist trope, as if to try and downplay the concerns of many women, both within and without the church, about the unequal representation in these decision-making bodies within the structure of the church. The other concern that was flagged 
was that of his description of other members of other faiths, particularly other Christians, as somehow their worship not being real worship. So Wilcox did apologize. I've got a clip of his apology right here. Now, it wasn't the first time that I've given that talk, and it wasn't the first time I've used the ideas I shared or the line of reasoning that I used to try to address some difficult topics. In the past, I failed to see how my comments could be seen as insensitive and hurtful. And I'm very grateful for friends, friends like Brother Corbett, who have helped me and corrected me and taught me. Once again, I apologize. And I'm grateful more than ever for the atonement of Jesus Christ, which allows us to trust in the Lord. There were many who were very grateful for the apology and who did feel that it seemed earnest. What I heard from those I spoke with, who I interviewed, was the fact that he didn't actually walk back this idea that the ban, this Templin priesthood ban on Black males and Black members generally, he still left that suggestion in the air that it, God was behind that and not early church leaders and especially Brigham Young. And you can see why that would be very hurtful to very many people. Other thing that others pointed out was that it didn't do anything to address the characterization of women as loud or the fact that he had also in his speech, he had talked about how women um, simply waltz into the temple without being ordained to the priesthood. Regardless of the point he was trying to make, that tone felt very dismissive to a lot of women and his apology did not address that. And finally, it did nothing to address the concerns that were raised about how we characterize friends of other faiths and what their, the sincerity and the import of their own worship. BYU put out a statement after his apology expressing concern where does this leave BYU and where does this leave the LDS church? That's a really good question. In 2021, uh, BYU released its report, Race, Equity, and Belonging. And one of the points that it made was that among the most difficult and hurtful experiences students of color had experienced at BYU was in their uh, religious religion courses where, quote, sensitive gospel topics such as the priesthood and temple ban and skin color in the Book of Mormon can be misunderstood or insensitively presented. So again, this idea that Brad Wilcox is not, he's not going rogue here. He seems to be representing a larger system, a larger mindset and culture that's very much ingrained in the world that he lives in. Matthew Harris is a, um, he is a historian who's looked very closely at this question of race in the church, and especially in the mid to late uh, 20th century. And it, the way he kind of talks about it, it's, it's really like this question about whether or not God was behind the man is just going to always be this zombie issue, unless at some point the church decides to take a stance that is very clear. <laughs> uh, it's just going to continue to be argued about, continue to be an issue because, as he puts it, the past is present. Okay, Tamara, thank you so much for talking to us. 
Utahns won't be voting on a proposed ballot initiative that would have replaced vote-by-mail elections with same-day paper ballots. That's because organizers of the Secure the Vote initiative fell far short of the nearly 138,000 signatures they needed to get the initiative on the November ballot. On Wednesday, election officials said organizers had submitted just over 5,700 signatures ahead of this week's deadline. A man on a flight out of Salt Lake City is accused of trying to open an emergency exit door last week. He's now facing federal charges. The man told authorities it was a publicity stunt to gain attention for his anti-vax views. And Utah health officials reported Wednesday that COVID-19 cases had almost doubled in recent days to 1,392 cases. That's it for today. We want to hear from you. If you have some feedback about the podcast, shoot us an email at thedailybuzz at sltrib.com. I'd like to thank the Tribune's Joelle Cardenas for editing The Daily Buzz and the local band The Pelicants for our music. Thanks for listening.